The Weekly Harvest, an in-depth look at the Brandon Weekings and the WHL. Washman trying to come up with it for Allison. Here's Allison right in front. He scores! Brandon Jr. Hockey fans, you've waited two decades for this. In the league's 50th anniversary, your Wheat Kings are the champions. And in the immortal words of waiting, we are live. How you doing? This is another edition of the Weekly Harvest Podcast. My name is Chris Volico, Director of Game Day Operations with the Brandon Wee Kings. He is Brandon Crow, voice of the Brandon Wee Kings. Crow, how are you? I'm great, uh, Falco. It, it's starting to drive me a little nuts, the wind, the last couple of weeks. I don't know if you've been getting it in Brandon, but oh, it yeah. is just hammering my like farmyard here. And we don't have enough trees that are tall enough to knock it down, so... It just burns you out. You're outside for a little bit, and the wind just beats you down. But, hey, it's summertime, and it's not minus 40, so I can't complain. No, wouldn't try, I try to go fishing with the boys there, and uh, typical, like, like like most days lately. But it was so windy at that, that with Riverbank. Did not last more than a few minutes. Then we turned to flying kites instead and, and did that. Our guest today, I know that he was on the water. Don't know if he was doing uh, fishing. We'll have to ask him about that. But joining us in the Weekly Harvest this week, we have got a, we're going to call him a frequent flyer of the Wheat King Sportsman's Dinner because every couple of years, love having him back. Uh, one of our favorite working comedians on the Canadian comedy scene today, we have got Kelly Taylor, and he's actually already with us now live. Kelly, how are you? Very good. Very good. Can you, you can all hear me now, right? You're all good? Yep. Okay, great. Yeah, I did just get off the water. I, I was ripping lips for sure. <laughs> where, where exactly were you? You said you were on a canoe. Yeah, a three-day canoe trip way up in northern Sask. It was classic drive-in. We're like, oh, what are we going to see for wildlife? Bear right off the hop, cut through a lake, down a river, flip a canoe, get back on, bail it out, <laughs> get there, see... Uh, Caught a bunch of walleye, a bunch of pike, and then uh, one whitefish. So I knocked off all three. Oh, I actually caught a trout, so all four I hit for the cycle. And then uh, beautiful night last night. What did we see? Moose swimming across the lake. So it was a great weekend of canoeing and fishing for me. Nice. That is classic. This is my first week of holidays here since last summer. And I almost forgot. I, I did. I'll be honest. I was planning my week. I was going to go to the lake to the lake today. And then I remembered that we had the podcast. I was like, ah, <laughs> right. So switch plans. So I'm doing what you're doing starting tomorrow. So looking forward to it for sure. Oh yeah, I forgot it until like because I had no service. I've been out of the thing for three days, and I just scroll through. 98 emails and i was like oh, oh i better get home here so <laughs> well i gotta admit i was starting to panic a little bit i know you confirmed <laughs> it but then you didn't like reply to any of the team tweets or anything i was like oh man is, this, is he gonna ice us like, in the bush what happened to this guy <laughs> what a beard was, you got going on is that a is that a isolation beard or is that something to annoy your wife or what's that what's going on there well it was yeah, the beard into are, the chops uh, right those aren't a beard it's just this filled in a little bit on the weekend those are uh lamb chops so I started my podcast, and I was saying, uh, yeah. I'm going to grow COVID lamb chops until I get on stage live again. So I thought I was going to shave them off because I was supposed to be in Edmonton last weekend, but the comedy club got shut down by Alberta, Alberta Health. So uh, I've got these big rats on my cheeks right now. Yeah, my wife doesn't really like them. <laughs> they are something else that, to look uh, at. It's been a wild time. I mean, obviously – your job requires you to be in public and i mean you can do your comedy stuff a little bit but you the best times is in the big rooms in front of hundreds of people or you know wherever you may be doing it 
Has this been a tough transition for you personally to not be able to to do what you do? You know what? I kind of went the other way because I knew everyone's in this boat together, but I miss a lot of functions. Like uh, it's not like any other job where you get a sick day or if you have something you book this day off. I have to go be on the road whenever I have gigs. So my kid could be in the final of a hockey game, and I was like, no, I, I can't. This gig's been booked for a month. Uh, last year when the Raiders had the uh, good season, they won the Western League, and I was like, I, I get to a handful of WHL games a year. Not uh, it's just my my, my schedule is too busy, so I've kind of took it the other way. I've never in my 18 years of doing stand up, I've ever had time off to uh, spend at home. So we live on an acreage, so we got it pretty lucky. Besides uh, losing all my money and maybe living in a van <laughs> down by the river very soon, I've been loving it. We've been having a good time. So I gotta ask, when you first came to Brandon, your first sportsman's dinner. Right away, you kind of made a reputation of, okay, you got to get this guy back. Just with, with your material, it's very relevant, I think, just with you kind of growing up, I, 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 I guess, sort of in the prairies. But is that like a regular routine now that you've picked up is doing those hockey gigs? Because it just is so relevant to kind of who you are and kind of your background, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Yeah, you never know which way uh, your path is going to go in, in, I guess, entertainment or that. And I've been doing it for years and years. And then uh, I always had a hockey background. Like I always knew everything about, not everything about hockey. Enough. But I, I played it and I, I just know the humor of hockey players. And then it ended up, I did this Scott Hartnell golf tournament. And it was kind of a tough gig. There was way too many people in there. It was too busy. People weren't paying attention. And one comic went on. It's kind of a rough, people weren't really listening because they're still in the bar mode after, you know, the golf. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to come in here and eat it in front of all these guys, like NHL guys. But I knew enough that I knew inside things about a bunch of hockey players in there. So they had 40 NHL guys, Mike Sillinger sitting in the front row. And, you know, maybe guys aren't paying attention when you start like chirping them, the hockey guys. So I started beaking guys individually. I was like, look at this, Mike Sillinger. And if people know Mike Sillinger, he's played on 12 NHL teams. I was like, this guy's been <laughs> throwing in more more deals than a spray-on deadline or a Jubilee Ford. And then right away, you kind of beak one guy, they get a laugh, and then I beak another guy. And then it kind of just snowballed. So that he has 40 guys at that golf tournament. Another guy's got a golf tournament. Then I do his and then it branched out. And then it just kept uh, branching out that way. And it was just, it was always the right feeling. I, I, I love doing hockey shows. I do for junior, senior, lots of NHL fantasy camps and kind of uh, a niche, I guess, now that I've found. Well, we have a comment, uh, a question, I guess, from Colorado Avalanche forward Matt Calvert. He sent it in. <laughs> And he said, you need to ask Kelly how he slept at the Ryan Johansson golf tournament in Whistler. So how did you sleep at the Ryan Johansson golf oh, tournament in Whistler? That one got away on me. There's only – because I, I like to have a good time when I'm performing. And sometimes when I do a lot of high-end corporates. I have no drinks or nothing. But uh, that one was uh, – we've been drinking all day and kind of – I thought it was going to be like more of a hockey type show, but it was actually more of a kind of a professional show and it's kind of hard to get people's attention. And I remember being on stage kind of like, Ooh, I've had a few too many. Uh, and it's one of those ones where you wake up in the morning and you're kind of, you, you know, you got in one last night. And as soon as I met the guys, like I had to meet them at the golf course and they looked at me and like, Oh my God, buddy, you're still alive. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah, I got into one with those guys. It was a good time. Matty Calvert, what a big beauty that guy is. <laughs> Long time Brandon Wheat King, and, and this is where 
you know, a lot of people said to me when they saw the promotion uh, on social media, they said, Kelly Taylor, you know, this is a hockey podcast. I know he's a comedian, but what are you doing getting Kelly Taylor on? I said, well, if you guys do your research, you'll find out that Kelly Taylor is on the Brandon Weeking alumni list, albeit a very small part of the list. You told us the story this year. Uh, I've heard it before. I've read it in different articles. Perry Bergson did a great story on you, the Brandon son. Uh, tell us about your time as a Brandon Weeking. Yeah, there we go. My hockey DB, which isn't even a hockey DB. Uh, <laughs> it was it was the first year when TSN was coming to do, uh, they're starting to do some CHL games. So it was the first time they'd come to Prince Albert. And Brandon and Prince Albert had this huge two-game series at the end of the year. And it was like for first place. And uh, I'm listed, I'm actually playing midget triple A in Prince Albert at that time. And I'm listed with Regina Pats at that time. And instead of going to the rink, which we would have went to, it's on TV for the first time. So yeah, let's grab a couple slushes. We'll watch the game on TSN. So me and Buddy go grab a slush. We're just heading back to his house, get or get back to my house, sorry. And as soon as I get in, I have the phone rings and it's my coach. He's like, hey, get to the rink right now. You're backing up for Brandon. And I was like, what are you talking I thought he was just joking. I was like, what, what are you talking about? I'm listening with Regina. He goes, you've been let out. Byron Penstock uh, hurt his knee in warm-ups. You're backing up. And I was like, oh, my God. So I raced to the rink, put on a shirt and tie, raced to the rink. Penstock was injured, couldn't play, but he just sat on the bench because it was one of these things. I remember if you're, it could screw up your eligibility if you played like junior A and maybe you were on the bench. Don't worry, I didn't play junior A either. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I fake back up for that game. And then they met, uh, that was a Friday night game. And then Saturday, we had a practice. So I got the practice with the Wheat Kings. And then Sunday, fake backed up, just sat by the bench. So if anything happened to Brian Elder, Penstock, because I think if they would have knew, if they would have saw me on the bench, I think the Raiders would have ran Brian Elder. But Elder, <laughs> with about six minutes left, throws a guy's stick in the crowd. And as soon as he did, I'm sitting with my buddies. They're like, oh, my God, Taylor, you could be going in. <laughs> in a tight game, I'd have been the hero back in Prince Albert because I'd have blown the lead for Brandon. And, but ref didn't see it. And uh, so I didn't get in. And that's my that's my hockey DD. It's uh, back third, third string backup. I like it. It's a fantastic story. And like I tweeted from the team account, you were one one injury or one ejection away from a storybook ending. <laughs> yeah, I sure After was. that, where did where did your career go after that? I know you played for the Mentos, and I'm trying to find it on your Twitter right now. You've got a hilarious uh, stat line uh, from your one, I think, preseason game with the Regina Pats. Uh, what became of your hockey career after your uh, oh. emergency backup? Well, I guess it would have been pre that. We had this great Bantam team. We won provincials. And I was going into Regina as a 16-year-old. And they had two older goalies. So I, Norm Johnson was a coach. And they talked about moving one of the goalies. He's like, well, you know, we'll see what how you do an exhibition. We'll run you through exhibition. All that. I was like, okay. So I went to camp. But I never put on my skates, never trained, nothing. I would always just get a feel for it. I, I started out <laughs> camp pretty bad. Broke my stick in camp. And I was thinking, wow. You know what? I just, I've got an inter-squad game. I'm only going to play one period, like, and because there's uh, three goalies on each team. And I was like, I got, I got the first period. I should be able to get through a period with a broken goalie stick. Uh, no, I could not get through that period with a broken goalie <laughs> stick. A couple flipped through it, and the last one, I went to play the puck, so I kind of raced out by the hash marks, went to hit it, and my stick just flopped. Rhett and Gordon picked it up from the blue line, tossed it in the net, let in five goals in uh, five goals on twelve shots. And Norm Johnson came in and said, uh, people would rather spend beer than watch trash like you. 
went back to AAA. He said, have a good year at AAA. I didn't see much play time. And then the coaches switched AAA next year. And I was cut, first cut. You know what they bring in, like, the house league kids for, like, a $20 skate? They just snap, snap like, done. I played AAA the year before. Like, when I was 16, I was like, oh, baby, I'll be get drafted in NHL. Went from that, that, to boom, cut. And then I was playing midget AA. And, oh, went nowhere. So when did you first hit the stage? Uh, my first actual show is, uh, I might be like 20 years old, but I never got into stand-up until four years later just because I was living in Prince Albert, didn't know how to get into stand-up, told my mom I wanted to be a stand-up. Like, and I know I never knew the process. Like, you, you would go into a bigger city, you, you start an amateur night, you get like three to four minutes, and if they like you, you come back and you keep building material. So... I never knew that was a process because I didn't understand. I didn't know what stand up, how it all worked. I just told my mom I wanted to be a stand up, and she came home one day. She said, "Hey, Kelly, the uh, the bank is thinking about hiring a comedian. <laughs> do you want to do it?" I was like, and right away I'm like 20. I was like, that doesn't sound like my kind of show, like a bunch of old bankers. But I was like, no one else is asking me to do comedy shows. Like that's how you're supposed to get into comedy. People ask you. So a lot of comics I know have been doing it 10 years, still don't do any corporate work. Like it's tough racket like you got to be clean you got to do this but yeah so the very first show i did i did an hour corporate for the cibc <laughs> at 20 years <laughs> old and looking back it, it, you know what it or i thought at the time I was like, oh that went pretty good so then i did another show because someone had heard it went good for deloitte and touche and it had a terrible setup they didn't have a sound system but i didn't know what you would need so i just walked in I was standing kind of by a bar. There was no sound system. People were walking by me to get their drinks for their Christmas party. Absolutely laid a huge bomb. And then the 80-year-old guy that was had retired, that was part of the company, came in and told street jokes after, and everyone was dying laughing. And I was like, maybe this comedy isn't for me. And then it took about four years later, and I started university uh, in university at 24. I started pretty much doing it the right way, going out every night at open mics at uh, different regular bars and doing a bunch of shows. Is it safe to say that comedy and being a goaltender are very similar because realistically all the pressure is on you? It, you know, I mean, that's a, I, I, I think it is because we want, as a goalie, the reason I, I just obsessed with goalies because I always thought a player could play good or something, but I, we've always played that game where this team had no business winning because the goalie did it all. Like, just it's always on the goalie, and if the goalie lets in a bad one, it's always on you. Where stand up is the exact same thing. You're one person. Musicians always, musicians will get like uh, when I talk to musicians, I always say, "How do you guys do it? It's just you. Silence if it doesn't work, and then laughter like that. Like that's stand up and uh, goaltending be very much the same. I think it's the same type of person that would be like that. Like you want everything on you, all eyes on you, and it's. Either it could be great or it could be terrible. You could be the goat or you could be the hero. You got anything, Chris? Because I got, I'm going to take this a different direction. You got one, Chris? Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to talk more about just stand-up. I love the art of it, but for me, it would be the issue of how do you let go of your favorite jokes? And because when you you can hold on to it forever. One of my favorite epi- uh, D- DVDs was Seinfeld where he did, you know, for the last time did all of his bits and then put them all away. And then he had to restart. What's that like that process of being like, ah, oh, this one kills, but I should probably not do it as often or how, like just h- how do you prepare for that? Because a lot of guys that I've seen over the years is the same material. And I've seen you a number of times and I have not heard the same jokes yet. <laughs> 
That's a great question. That's a great. Uh, I like uh, when people are right into their stand-up and other stuff like that. Yeah, I'm telling you for the last time, Jerry Seinfeld, where it, it, it's very cool how he retires it, and it almost looks like he's one of the best in the world, and he almost goes back into like open mic type stage, like he's not getting his big laughs. They don't resort like that. But uh, the funny thing is, when you have new stuff, it's exciting. So when you start working on new bits and that, that's that's kind of always the excitement, and it's like, okay, this is is this going to work, or the crowd will kind of get lead you down a path to where that joke should go because sometimes when you've been doing a lot of shows in a row and say you're doing the same type of show like a certain type of corporate or this so i'm kind of doing a core of the same stuff even though it can really work that night you can walk off stage kind of dead thinking yeah that should work i've been doing that every night and it's uh i've been that's so polished i want i want something new so that's why i always like doing different shows so like you can be doing theaters and you're like wow this is unbelievable but when you're doing a beautiful theater something maybe you're doing all your polished stuff and you're boom and then it, you you get a break and maybe you go do a bar show that you haven't done a bar for two months and you're like man that felt good to just absolutely rip off the cuff like that and then even a corporate sometimes they do a corporate and it could be a really tough corporate and the show will kind of go all right but i was like i've been doing this a lot of years i know that's a tough crowd and there's only certain types of bits that a lot of comics can do but i was like i think i have that tool set that i was like i figured out that show so there's definitely a wide variety but uh it's funny there's some <laughs> there is when you look at a joke that you know is good and a crowd doesn't laugh you're like yeah that one's on you i know that works that's worked on a thousand crowds screw off well and 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 in general topics like I, I'm thinking back. I know I've seen you at least four times. I'm thinking maybe up to five. I know I've, ta- I've heard you talk about curling on two different occasions at length, and but I don't think any of the jokes were the same. It was just <laughs> once you get on a topic and you know it's kind of in that wheelhouse. I don't know. Maybe it just kind of go- goes that, to you that way. You know what? And that can be fun too. Like uh, I spent nine years in the states doing colleges, so there was stuff that was just absolutely done. Like it, I, I wasn't doing a curling joke. Like that'd be absurd for me to be yeah. doing an American <laughs> college doing a curling joke. And then I'm back in uh, Saskatchewan and I'm doing a corporate event, and you're like, "Oh my God, look at the plaid shirts out here! Like it's it's curling heaven out here right now!" Like, and I, every time I like you could tell a curling joke, and I know it in my head when I'm going to tell a curling joke because there's the one curling joke I have where I drag it out to get to the punchline. And there isn't a crowd that can't sit through it without yelling, sweep, sweep. Like, they <laughs> just, you know, you're talking to all curlers. That is like, that's not the punchline that I go another way. I was like, oh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's the beauty of getting around doing comedy because you can, it's different in each place. Like, when I do college in the States, I wouldn't talk about, not, I've kind of a lot of Canadian stuff, no family stuff, none of that. I'm almost like a bachelor. And then you come back up here and you got your 30 somethings and your 40 somethings and you talk about young kids and it's, even though you can almost have the same bit, each show can be different in the sense of each crowd's got its own feel. Certainly the preparation that goes into it. I, I lived up in Melfort for five years. I see the Melfort Mustang jersey there. Um, I was their radio guy for uh, a number of years at CJVR and CK750. I'm sure you've heard some of the... Oh, absolutely. Uh, t- the old see school the- classic 60s and 70s that they play on there. <laughs> uh, but the first time I saw you was up there, I think... I don't. I want to say it was in Canistano or one of those small towns somewhere along the line, and I didn't. I thought you were funny, but there were a lot of things I didn't understand because I wasn't from Saskatchewan, and you were really feeding on the Saskatchewan stereotype and uh, like the Prince Albert slang. Like you know, it's a pretty poor day in PA means it's a great day. 
you know, and I didn't get it. And then four or five years later, I saw you again and everything that you were referring to in Saskatchewan, I was like, it is a whole nother world there. I can't believe that I spent as much time there and didn't see that Saskatchewan has such a unique way of life. And when you, to me, it's like comparing, I don't want to, I don't know if it's a derogatory term, but like East Coasters, I think they were referred to as Newfies originally. They had such a punchline type um, attitude all the time and comics made cracks about it. But Saskatchewan's so unique in a way that there's so many jokes to be told about the people from Saskatchewan as well. Oh, hundred uh, percent. And uh, a lot, uh, we were talking about this, this, this weekend too. There's a big difference between North Sask and South Sask too. Like they're 100%. Like, everyone from North Sass knows what the South is like. The majority of the South doesn't know what the North is like. We Because we, all the big cities are down there. You get Regina, Sastoon. They're they're Southern. Well, Regina's a lot more Southern. but And they have their wind and they're flat and they don't have great lakes. And, that. and then you come up north of where I live. And the more north you go, it's just insane. Like, it's untouched lakes. The fishing is crazy. You're in the bush. There's no wind like that. Like, and we got out of the bush, and everyone's texting like, yeah, "How was your canoe trip? You guys, you tip with that wind?" It's like it was glass out there. We were in, yeah, such thick bush, and uh, saw a few bears, moose swam across, and uh, we had a gold or a, a golden eagle. I don't even know what the hell that was, but Buddy did. I was like, "Oh, okay, golden <laughs> eagle nest right above us." Not so, yeah. North Sask is, ooh, it's it's God's country up there. Nothing but lakes and fishing. Beautiful. Supposed to have a fishing trip planned up there later this summer that's now been postponed because of all of this. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite events when working at CJBR was the Nippon Pike Festival Media Day. And I don't know if you ever got to take part in Media I've Day. I've heard. I, I got asked to do, I mean, I did, do they do a golf one too? Yeah. Media so it, it's a weekend affair. And, uh, Actually, I was the 2012 Rookie of the Year at the Pike Fest. Oh, uh, the trophy might be somewhere up here. I'm not sure where it is. But uh, they do a thing, Chris, and I, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but being the fisherman you are, it's kind of neat. So they invite all the media up like early in the summer, and they do a day of golf, and then they do a day of fishing. And you go out on a boat, three or four radio guys from around the province with a guide, and you have a bag of tags, little colored tags with a code on it. You catch your fish, and if it meets the measurement, they tag the fish through the gill. And then they put it back in the water. Well, each tag is a sponsored prize. So when the public gets a chance to fish the lake, if they catch a fish, they take that tag down to the wherever and that wins a corresponding prize. And there's like, you can win a new boat. You can win like TVs, money. It's super cool. But that weekend with the media is just guys just hammered drunk fishing. It is one of the funniest, funnest times uh, I can remember from my time up north. But fishing up there, the North Sask River. If anybody, you know, listening, I know one of my good buddies, Adam Thompson, he's a big fan of your podcast, Kelly, and he listens to us all the time. Uh, he's up in, in northern Saskatchewan somewhere as well, and he can attest to it. It's just a, a great place to be. But I have to touch on another thing that happened in Saskatchewan, and you are an award winner. That's kind of the segue from my rookie of the year to you. <laughs> Not even close, but you won the Royal Canadian Humane Bronze Medal for uh, bravery. Yeah. <laughs> all because... Your show ran, you know, till the middle of the night, and on your way home, you happened to stumble upon a pretty wild scenario in a hotel in Wadena. Just talk about how that all played out. Uh, yeah, that was that was crazy. So we we're driving home from uh, Steenan, Saskatchewan, tiny little place, got a great uh, one of the 
they got the best bar in Saskatchewan. They made a, they took a school, gutted it out, made it into a steakhouse. But there's no one who lives there, so people come in on buses to this steakhouse bar. It's great venue, unreal. So me and three other comics do the show that night. We're driving back. I'm in the back seat, and a guy kind of drives by. He's like, "Hey, is that is that a fire?" I'm kind of look, and it's like it's complete blackness in Sask in the prairie. You're like, "What? Yeah, that is." So buddy's driving. He's like, "Oh, okay, I'll look for an approach to turn around." We're like, "Hit the brakes and get around, man! That fire looks like it's just starting up. Like, like there's going to be a cop on the side of the road. Ha! <laughs> I got you pulling an, ele- an illegal <laughs> Yui while a motel's on fire." So we're like, smart up, hit the brakes, let's go. So we rip back and pull a Yui, and sure enough, just the front of this little motel had started on fire. So we ran out of the car, started hammering all the windows, uh, let people know we're there, and then we run in the front door, and it was almost comical. It was really like the guy didn't speak English. We're like trying to get a fire extinguisher. He didn't know what we were saying. We started grabbing garbage cans. They were all cracked. His water system barely worked. We're trying to hook up a hose and – and then it got to the point where it was like, oh, okay, I think this is gone. And then uh, one of the other comics found that a fire extinguisher and then got it right as it was, like, starting to climb up. And it was like, if that would have got to there, it was done. And then he's like, get some water on it after. It'll, uh, it's going to come back to life. And it did, sure enough. But we didn't have water from uh, buck- buckets and water bottles, threw it on, and uh, got, everyone, got everyone out. It was just, it was just absolutely perfect timing. Like, if we would have been a minute earlier, we wouldn't have seen it start. And if we'd have been uh, a minute later, it would have been, it would have fired up because we we got it out just in enough time. And I think there was, it's sixteen people sleeping in there. Wow! All that, out, all good. Insane. I told the story on stage, and a guy came up and was like, "Hey, man, I was there uh, the same time you were there." I was like, "You see, I got an award too." I was like, "Oh, what'd you get?" Shows me the video. He saved someone drowning that was on a quad. And I was like, "Oh man, that's unreal!" And he got a silver, so he upped me. Because <laughs> I got a bronze, and I was like, "Wow, it's crazy." He's like, "Yeah." He goes, "I got one the year before." I was like, "What?" But he had two. He'd saved two people. And I was like, "And he," had, but he goes, "My other one was a bronze." And I was like, "Oh." He goes, "I go, you need the trifecta gold." He goes, "You don't want gold. That's that's saving someone and dying while you do it." So, <laughs> yeah, oh. that's when you don't want to hang on the mantle. Yeah, <laughs> that's so two time two time provincial champ and a humane society winner. There you go. <laughs> That's absolutely incredible. I'm just kind of stunned. I to hear that. That's that's awesome. I remember. I, I remember being when what that was in 2019, right? Summer or late fall of 2019, right? Yeah, it was, it was what August. Year was it? August uh, so wait, is it last summer or no? Uh, 2018, I think. No, 2018. Right. Yeah. I just remember reading about it. And I think I saw it on Twitter and thought, man, that is perfect timing at its uh, absolute best. Speaking of timing, I know you're a hockey fan and you're a guy that you know probably likes to sit around and watch playoff hockey. Well, you haven't been able to do it, obviously, because of this crazy virus, but the NHL launching their return to play, you know, kind of format schedule plan. Um, it's looking like teams are going to open up their practice facilities here, although with the current state to, of the United States right now, I'm not sure how eager guys are going to be to head there, but Potential 24 teams, two hub cities, a chance to finish the playoffs and award a Stanley Cup. What do you think of all of this as a, as a hockey fan? Oh, man. I, I, first thing I was thinking, I was like, how would a shaper some of these guys going to be? <laughs> like two months and, and not skating. Like, well, I know they can kind of sneak in their skates and that, but not skating. And, and it's weird, but I was like, 
You know what? If you had a good team, it's like almost the 1994 Expos. Like, oh, imagine your season getting canceled. Like, so the people who have got it all in with uh, good teams want to see it. I, I just want to see it play. And I like uh, people like, oh, what's it going to be like with no fans? I hope they're mic'd up and we get to hear them chirping. And then I want to just watch hockey that way for the rest of my life. <laughs> just dirty, dirty chirping and all kinds of swearing. CBC goes X-rated. I hope so. That is a, I'm, that, just excited. I'm excited to see it happen. The, no, that is exactly, actually, we had this exact discussion. If they had ice mics, they're going to have to pipe in some crowd noise because you just can't have that in the playoffs. You, you oh, would, no. like, when, when Crow broadcasts in Winnipeg, he's oh, he, yeah. he was, like, just as of even last year, right over top of the benches, and it picks up what was said during regular season WHL play. I can't imagine what the ice mics would pick up on in NHL. And, yeah. so. and teenagers can't chirp like Drew Doughty and Brady Kachuk or something, <laughs> or Matthew yeah. Kachuk. Like, uh, it, yeah, I can only imagine. So if you're a fan, are you a fan of an NHL team? Do you have a team, a, a ride or die, or a team that's given you a chance to perform maybe at an alumni event or anything like that? You know what's funny? Like as a kid, I was always an Oiler fan. I was a Messier guy, and then the goalie was uh, Fear was my guy. So I was always an Oiler fan. But then as I got older, there was just stories I liked. Like I liked certain players. I want certain guys to win the cup. And now that I I kind of know so many different guys, I just there's guys I would like to see. Like like the thought of Patrick Marlowe, Sass guy. I know, I know Patty, but for him to think his probably his career's done. COVID. That's the way he's going to end. And now he's in Pittsburgh, and people are like, oh, he's going to go to Toronto. Maybe he'll have a shot. Like, what if Pittsburgh won the cup? Like, what if Pittsburgh wins the cup and yeah. Patrick Marlowe gets the cup? So right now, I'm an Oiler fan, but if I have my choice to see who wins the Stanley Cup, I want to see Pittsburgh win it. I'm a, I love Crosby, too. Uh, so my really only favorite team is uh, World Juniors Team Canada. Like, that's my obsession. Like, that's when I want a certain team to win. Like, just – Beyond anything. Like, if they're up by five, I'm, I'm happy with it. If I'm watching NHL playoffs, I want it close. I want a tie game. I get greedy. I want overtime. I just want the most exciting game. But the only time when I care if it's not exciting, I just always want the World Juniors. To win. Well, and then the Olympic team, too. But uh, So I'd say that's my favorite team. And then now I I feel bad. I wish I was one of those diehards. I, that's just, I don't know. I I wish I was diehard, but I, I cheer for the stories, and I'm greedy, and I want to watch the most exciting game there is. I agree with that. Uh, okay, so your hat. Now, you have a relationship with another Canadian great, uh, Graham Dillette, who's been injured a little bit the last couple of years and hasn't quite been able to you know, stay healthy or consistent on the golf course. But another Sask boy, Weyburn, uh, is where he's from, and he's got his own beer called Bard. I've tried it. Uh, it's maybe a little too hoppy for my like, but I'm not a big beer guy. I know a lot of people do like it. How did your relationship start with Graham Dillette? And, and are you guys, you know, in regular contact? And, you know, have you seen him golf or golf with him? Yeah, yeah. I, it, it's funny. The uh, way me and Graham Dillette met was Twitter. Uh, I think we both had uh, some friends that were uh, in common, Scotty Hartnell and someone else, because Graham's a big hockey fan too. So they started something chirping back and forth, or I was chirping with Hartnell or something, and then kind of Gillette got in there, and then Hartnell said, oh, you should have out your thing, and then I started, like, joking around with them. It was actually – and actually, okay, that starts a little post. Actually, just for last 2014, I'm at just for last, and I knew he was there playing golf, and my because my friends had came there, I bumped into him, 
and uh, they were there to watch. They'd won a package at Elk Ridge to watch Graham Gillette play in Montreal. So I started tweeting at him about, hey, do you want tickets to my comedy show tonight? And just for laughs, I'll take your Sunday tickets for you and that. So I started that, and then Hartnell kind of chirped in. It kind of went like that, and the wheels went in motion. He said, come out to uh, my golf tournament perform. Did, and uh, just a good SAS guy. We hit it off, became buddies, uh, did his golf tournament again, did it again, and then kind of bumped into him along the way. And now I do his golf tournament each year, and we fire texts out all the time and laugh and joke around all the time. Great guy. Last time we golfed, we only got to play nine. I birdied on nine, and he parred. So you're only as good as your last hole that you played with him. <laughs> uh, I just That's had something, and now, and, now I get, and now I'm thinking about golf. Because I talked too long. <laughs> I had something, and I was thinking about golf. Oh, no, uh, no, sorry. No, I got to this. Because, again, I love stand-up comedy. You mentioned Just for Laughs. That is, like, the biggest comedy festival in the world, but especially in Canada. Have you played the main stage there? I've, I've did the like I've got the gala, yeah, the gala. Uh, where you're on TV. But there's one, there's the the one stage they do galas and different ones. And I haven't played like the, the most famous one is the Saint Denis Theater, and I uh, I haven't been on that one. So that would be that'd be a nice one to knock off for sure. So before I get to a more kind of serious question, hockey related, where would your best, where's your favorite venue right now? Or what would be your biggest moment, like your Madison Square Garden uh, be, you know, that you've done so far? You know what? Your first Just for Laughs is always uh, very special. Like I did my first one. I knew nothing, uh, like I took it for granted because I had a really good Just for Laughs. And uh, so we had a lot of people, we had a lot of uh people interested like we had NBC and universal happy Madison productions uh, really liked me. Jimmy Kimmel uh, loved me and he wanted to, and he, the, the booker was there and he kept coming to other shows I was doing and I would do a show and I already thought uh, the first show you do is like a competition and I play second. So then you got more shows and then I got on best of the fest. I just thought, you know, I was having a good year of anything. I felt like my, that bit, these bits I were doing were good. So I would do one and then I'd like, be done with this. Like, I don't want to do that bit anymore. I want to move on to this next bit. So I was doing them. And uh, the Jimmy Kimmel guy's coming around. I was like, holy man. He goes, uh, you just change it up and do it. I was like, oh, well, I've already done that one. He goes, well, we'd really, Jimmy would really like that, that physical comedy you do when I did in the competition, this fish bit. And he's, he's like, just send some video. And I goes, I think we're pretty much locked in. So then I went to New York from after Montreal. And I was in a club, and uh, they're recording there. And I, I forced this bit that di- it wasn't the right crowd. And I knew it when I was on there, and I hated the set. And I forced it again because they wanted that certain one. And I, so I never sent, never sent. And then I went back to doing weird venues, like back to bars, colleges. You know, you're in a thing. Nothing seemed like a good setup. So I never sent Kimmel video and just let it die out. So biggest regret was that. But uh, <laughs> the Holy Grail is really Montreal. It's that. It's, it's cool that it's in Canada because that's the biggest one there is. What, right, what, you're what, here, what, really. What yeah. other big like ones would there be worldwide? I know that there's like like a big one in uh, in Melbourne, Australia. They have they, they yeah. have one there. Um, where else would there be besides that though? There's uh, well, there's the one that the Edinburgh has the Fringe Festival, but that one is nuts. Like it's uh, I've heard guys saying how how hard work it is that you have to produce the show, get this. You're in a small venue. You're doing nonstop shows like this, and if it isn't good, you can you can blow ten grand in producing a show, and you're like, oh my god. And then if it does go good, maybe you start lightly. If you if you get like real 
you have a really good festival show that gets great reviews, you kind of blow up and get a lot of work in Europe. And I was like, so that I that I can't do that because I got four kids. It's like I I would love to have tried that once and maybe had this Europe run for a few years, but I was like, so that one's out of the books. Melbourne, even then, at my uh, thing, unless you're a big TV name, you're not going to get paid to go over there. So I could probably get into it, get some spots, but probably wouldn't get flight. So that one's out. Everything I do is always going to be paying for my kids. That's why they pissed me off so much. I can't, I can't do my <laughs> career. I've said I don't have a, I run it more like a business now because uh, I don't have those those chances. Like even when I go to LA, it's like you got to swing for the fences. Hopefully something happens at a couple shows. But when you're in LA and New York, you need to spend a few years in there and get a feel for those talents. And then you can, you get sharper at, at performing for those people. Yeah, like in Saskatchewan, you can play Prince Albert, Kindersley, Swift Current, and Meskinaw, and you run the same jokes, and you're going to get the same laughter. But in L.A., it's a whole different crowd probably every night. Uh, speaking of Saskatchewan, I really got to touch on this. This was a a, a moment for, for Chris and I, especially you know working in hockey, riding the bus. For me, I was the voice of the humble Broncos in 2010. And I know that, you know, I've read a bunch of stuff on how, you know, you were able to kind of use humor. I know you're wearing the Humble Broncos shirt. Uh, you had a, a show planned for shortly right after, right around the Humble bus crash. Just touch on how, you know, your comedy and stuff not only has given you an outlet, but, you know, other people as well. And it doesn't necessarily have to be entirely specific to, you know, this tragic situation. But, you know, humor as a whole is a great healing tool. Oh man, you look. I got uh, I got goosebumps right now. I always when I think I I remember that whole thing unfolding. Uh, I was in Jasper at my boys' hockey tournament. Uh, I hit a spring hockey tournament in Jasper. I remember we just they just finished playing. We got a couple beers. We're gonna go to the hot tub, and someone ran out like, "Hey, there's been a terrible bus accident." The Humboldt Broncos. And I remember I remember that, and I was like, "Oh, geez, hopefully everything's all right." And immediately I started thinking of the Swift Current guys. And I was like, oh, man, just hopefully not. And then someone said, hey, there's someone died. And I was like, oh, man. And then it started kind of like there's been a f- few people have died. But this is bad. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm sick to my stomach. And I just uh, – I remember going to bed and just kind of laying in bed. But we, at, at that point, we didn't know, like, I, I, what it was exactly. We heard maybe two or three people had died on this bus. So, and I had to get up. I had to go to bed real early because in all my years of stand-up, I've only taken a bus twice, which is uh, once in Sault Ste. Marie to Sudbury. And I was up in Jasper, and I was doing a, a fundraiser for a, a kid that had passed away of cancer the, ne- the next day. So I could there's no flights out of Jasper, so I had to take an early bus from Jasper to Edmonton to fly to Saskatoon. So I had to wait for this bus, and I have a TV on, the National River, like 5.30 in the morning waiting for this bus, and I'm watching it. And I was like, oh, my God, this what is going on here? So I'm watching it all unfold, and I'm just, like, feel like puking in my mouth. And now I'm getting on a bus, and I'm just like, so now I'm texting buddies the whole way, and my buddy's like melting down. He's like, I, his kids asking him what's wrong with him, and he, he doesn't know anyone off the humble Broncos. He played 15 years pro. He the weird thing of this is all my buddies they all play junior. My eight best friends all play junior are all in group chats with all their junior teams now. They're like guys are getting groups back together. They're all yeah. back together. So then I got to um, I get assassinated into the show, and I'm just sitting in my hotel room. He's like, man, I, this is the first time in my life, I think like 17 years, 17, 16 years doing stand-up. I was like, I don't know. I don't want to perform at all. Then I get to the car, and then right as there, my, my wife sends me a text. 
and it's all my boys' hockey team. They've all got this big H on their helmet. They're about to go on the ice. It's like, oh, man. So I sit in the car and recompose myself, and I go out on stage. And it, it felt somber in there. Like, it had a real weird feel. So then it, uh, I was doing, like, an hour and a half that night, and then it was, like, about an hour in. I just, yeah, completely addressed it. Like, what? I like, I can't think of a worse thing. Like, now my boy's on the bus. I'm on the bus. I'm all tired. It's what I always think of because I just – I always picture that time, junior hockey player. I think that's when I think of the time where you're just so innocent of just laughing, having the greatest time yeah. on the – and the bus is a safe haven. That's where you're away from everything. Maybe a junior, you and your 16 best buddies. Hey, you're going to a playoff game. Guys are chirping each other. Like, I think right before it happened, I was like, hey, my farm's right over here. Like, yeah, sit down. Like, because I could just feel what that bus would be like. And then and then what all those parents would have to go through. And I see – met and seen a lot of those parents after i did the humble bronco uh memorial tournament uh this year or i guess it would have been last year i've seen uh perform with jerry d where a bunch of the parents came there and oh i saw another one uh uh logan boulay's dad at a function too and just oh man i can't believe what they have to go through and i think about those kids all the time just the worst thing that could possibly happen felt like it happened but from your perspective, have you found, and did any of those parents, and I, and I know for me as well, uh, as a guy that basically spent my whole adult life sleeping on the floor of a bus or trying to get comfy as a radio guy, <laughs> I'm, in the same, I'm in the same boat as exactly. you. Exactly. You know, and th- it happened the night Brandon was playing in Lethbridge, and we were to travel home that night on the bus. So, again, similar to you, same type of situation. But I, I found some reprieve a little bit in some podcasts and you know, listening to Jay and Dan and trying to get a laugh out of it. Did that maybe uh, when you you know you're doing shows after that, especially in Saskatchewan? Did you f- maybe use that as motivation? Like, hey, look, this whole province is hurting right now, and they could use a laugh. I mean, is that kind of just to me? That's that's the approach I would have taken. Yeah, because you you hear that, and then as a comic, sometimes it it's water off the duck's back again. Where you hear like, oh, laughter is good for you. They needed that. They needed that. Then you think really, but. Sometimes you don't know what you, how much you're connecting with someone out there. Like maybe to me it's three, four show in a row and I'm tired and I'm kind of in and out. But maybe someone there right then needed that laugh and needed that. Like just so you have that connection where they have – it's on their mind 24 hours a day. So maybe there's this one hour that I didn't know that I connected with them and they're out and it was away. Like they got away for that hour. So we – yeah, when I did that Humboldt one, like I knew I wanted to come in there. Like it, it – it, I wanted it to be the best show of my year. And it was that humble Bronco golf Memorial was unbelievable. It was so much fun. So, uh, Brian Munz, a radio guy there did such an incredible job in Bednard, uh, putting that whole function on. And it was, it was incredible. And I've had a few of the parents because there was a lot of Alberta kids from around Edmonton that said, whenever you're in Edmonton, I think my Edmonton actually just got canceled. So. But <laughs> so it's kind of, it's kind of Back hard to, to yeah. It's kind of hard <laughs> yeah. to switch gears from that, but from we'll stay at least in the hockey world. But Kelly, I gotta ask: when you started the podcast, what made you come up with that photo to use? <laughs> I I I don't know. I you're gonna like, say what your segment at the end? <laughs> no, no. Okay. Well, we can we we could talk about that too. I'd love to. But uh, but first of all, the photo. Uh, the, the backstory to that photo is I'm doing an NHL fantasy camp, Kelly Chase's fantasy camp. And uh, I played the last game 
because you get three NHL guys on each team and the rec team and you play against each other. Then the last game, all the NHL guys go out and play against the best team. So I'm done playing. We're sitting there having beers and it's nothing but laughs. And Buddy comes in wearing this ugly coat. And I was like, well, look at him. Like, wow, that's, that's a big, ugly coat he's wearing. But I didn't say anything. Just thinking he's wearing a terrible coat. And then he turned around to grab a beer out of the cooler and he had this big tiger on the back. I was like, oh, he's wearing a joke coat or something. Like, that's ridiculous. So I asked him about it. They bought it off a guy in a parking lot. Like, <laughs> hey, bud, we need that coat. So they have a golf tournament where they, the winners who win this golf tournament get this giant, ugly tiger coat. So I throw this coat on, and I've still got my half gear on. I was like, oh, I should go up for warm-ups right now. And they're like, do it, do it. It's one of those things you say, and then you're like, nah, I don't know. And then they're like, do it. So then I run out. I've got just my can otter, my underwear up through my ass crack and i've got a leather coat on like no pads on my thighs at all and i went out and took warm-ups out global news is there because it's the final and and then i guess right before i went on i I was joking around like i'm prepping for the game so i bent over with this (laughs) gotch up my ass and then it's kind of I was like, oh, whatever, I'll use that one. But now that I think of it, I kind of wish I would have used a different picture. <laughs> <laughs> well, just think, that 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 photo now has to live on mine and, I, I don't know, at least hundreds of other phones that I just hope that when my kids pick up Spotify that it's not on your podcast for that reason. Oh, so thanks for that. I hate the fact that I, I just upgraded, I just traded in my car. I got a newer Honda Civic, and I've got, like, the computer screen. And when I'm watching the Spotify, it like <laughs> it, it pops like up on the, your dash, and it's just like Kelly Taylor's ass on my car screen, and it's like if I want to listen to the podcast, I can't. It. Yeah, I now can't. I'm not, not changing. I love it. <laughs> and it, the first time I was listening to it, and, and whatever you know, I pull up to get gas, and I hit pause, and all I could think of was that poor like 14 year old girl pumping my gas, <laughs> looking in the car and wondering why I've got this bent over goalie in a thong on my car dash. But anyway, oh, I didn't it's great even listening. think of that. Oh, right <laughs> on. Good, good. Thanks for listening. So how how did your pod like how did your podcast come about though? Uh, I've done I've done a bunch of people, uh, other comics and that. They're like, oh, you should start one. You should start one. And I knew it's like I'm I'm technically not very savvy at computers or any of this. And I was like, ah. Oh. And I was like, ah, it'll take too much time. I'll have to go through stuff. And I said, I'm always too busy. I'm too busy. And then COVID hit, and I was like, I've got nothing on the plate. Like I'm not creatively doing anything. Like I gotta do something. So then I was like, you know what? Maybe this is. Uh, this is the time to give it a whirl. So kind of first I started with like a free app and the Dillette one sounded good. Then it's like the rest just sounded like trash. So then I had to get an audio recorder and you kind of start building up and figuring out how to go about uh, doing it. So I, I always just said I was too busy. Then I wasn't busy. So started doing it and I had a blast doing it. It's a good time. Like it's, this is what we're doing here. We're just sitting down uh, having some laughs. And that's to me – Going back to my previous question, for us when the season was canceled, I mean, we Chris and I had started this team podcast as a way to create some more content outside of you know the norm, and we'd only gotten through a handful of episodes before this whole thing hit, and and we thought, okay, do we postpone it? What do we do? And we both agreed that more than anything, people right now, maybe so earlier on than say now because it's summertime, people still wanted kind of that escape that getaway they wanted to think about hockey so you know we were able to try and bring in some guests and just keep people's minds kind of on the light stuff as opposed to what was going on and i think like i said earlier that's to me what your podcast was doing 
early on. I mean, for a guy like me that wasn't doing anything, you get on the riding lawnmower and you listen to your podcasts. And like I said, you know, Jay and Dan and different guys like Bill Burr and whatever. And it's really just nice to, to just escape for a while. So I, I certainly have to thank you for, you know, being a part of that repertoire, despite it being an embarrassment when I get gas. <laughs> gas oh, right. On. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fun. It's a different feeling. And, and just like that, when I, it's weird because you don't get the hey good show or you don't get any of this. I like yeah. your thing. I, I like I, I like uh, it feels good when people come up to you and you and maybe you give them an hour out of their day. Like buddy's like I got to drive I, and I got a text today because I usually release on Monday and I got some messages from people like hey man where's your thing? I was like well I just got out of the bush and that I said yeah I'll uh, release it tomorrow. But I've, and I've had a few people come up that said um, and this is kind of what I was aiming for in the podcast. I, Oh man, it's 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 just like we're sitting there having a beer with you guys. Like you're just sitting around the fire or something. Like, oh, okay, perfect. That was uh, the goal I was hoping for. Where where'd your nickname come for? Uh, and, and by the way, for our listeners, if you want to check it out, it's Tick with a Side of Tets. So that's that's the that's the podcast you got to check out. Tick with a Side of Tets. But you're in and you're in your twin your Twitter, Kelly. It's at Tick Taylor. Where 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 where, where does Tick come from? That's funny. You know what? No one. No one asks me that at all, and it was, it's weird that uh, finally I've got asked. That I, I've I've almost had to bring it up to tell people because it's like Dick Taylor, <laughs> and they just they go for that. And I was like, okay, because I used to always give myself nicknames or be stu- like stupid nicknames, and nothing would stick. Or a guy who just met me would be like, "Hey, Tails," and then or Tailsy or something. But no, none of my friends called me that, except that my one friend would hear a guy I didn't like call me Tailsy, so he would call me Tailsy to joke. <laughs> So I just, I never had a nickname that stuck because none of my buddies, they never called me Tails or Tails. So I had all these different nicknames or just stupid, like, it was like, oh, Styles or Primetime or this, or they called me Windsor for a little bit because I, I played this one game in uh, Beardies where I played good at net that they're like, oh, here's someone, and someone like yelled at me at the ring, like, Taylor's putting up the old Windsor plywood. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, boys, just call me Windsor from now on. Like, I'd always take something that I did really good and try to make it stick as a nickname. So Tick came, I'm golfing with uh, like three of my best friends. So we're always speaking. And the one guy is a really good golfer that just dominates us all the time. And we were playing a golf game for ticks. Like first one on the green, got a tick. First one in the hole gets a tick. And then lowest score gets a tick. So then uh, I remember we hit this green. I, I saw the first one on, I hit the green. And then they all, uh, they putt, get it close. But then I drain this snake. So I'm, uh, <laughs> so I got in the uh, first one in on the green and uh, low score. And they're like, oh, look at that. And I just like, just can't stop ticking it up. Just can't stop ticking it up. And then I was like, oh, yeah, Tick Taylor, just ticking it up. And then it just, it stuck. And then that was the one that stuck. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, see, it, it, it absolutely has to come naturally, right? Yeah, like it, it's you so can't weird. Force it. <laughs> yeah, I for I for four days for twenty eight years. T Bone T Bone Taylor here. <laughs> yeah, little side call T Bone. I like to I like to refer back to a couple of tweets when I first uh, mentioned on the Twitter machine that you were coming on. Uh, I had one guy tweet at me. He said, "You got to ask Kelly." If any of his kids say, hey, dad, when I get older, I want to be a stand-up comedian, what are you telling them at the breakfast table when they ask you that? Oh. And say that's what they want to do. 
do it, bud. Let's hit the road. You're opening up and you're driving. You're in it 100. <laughs> I know which one it would be. I know which one. So uh, I'm 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 more than open to it for sure. Live your Family dream. Business. Do what you want to do. Yeah. Hopefully, try to play hockey first, though. You could probably just you could probably just work him in as your opening act, and then just take ten percent off the top anyway, right? So you know it exactly. And then I make him drive. I make him do that. Maybe you'll check in the hotel for me. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, we have a couple of questions on the email inbox. If people want to send in questions, uh, but maybe too late for this week. I'm still checking it, but it's a qweeklyharvest at gmail dot com. Kelly, uh, Ted wants to know if you had a Mount Rushmore for comedians that you would idolize, that you would say should be up there who would they be oh boy there that's a great question another um norm mcdonald is uh i saw a thing where they went norm mcdonald dave Chappelle went to the final and i so i'm going to put both of those there anyways and then i'm going to give a shout a little uh, uh there's a canadian guy named john Dore that's just he's fearless like he he just he does new things and like he just it's like it, it's not the way i write like i write personal things of this and that like he just outlandish and it's so beautiful he made me i watched him do this skit his just last skit that was so good and just off the wall it made me want to just do something different and that night i was in calgary and i'm headlining this uh i'm headlining this um comedy festival but it has a comedy competition and i was like oh man i just watched this john door i felt just invigorated i wanted to do something different so I, I had all these one-liners at home that just don't fit with my act. Like, it didn't feel natural to me because I'm not a one-line comic. So I had about 31 one-liners at home. So I called my wife. I was like, hey, go in my drawer under this thing. Take a picture of it. I've got this sheet of uh, one-liners. So I joined this. I'm headlining the show, but I joined this. Comp- I pretend to join this competition. And I pretend I'm a super nervous comic. Like, I got a buddy hug a hat on. And I pretend I was super nervous doing one-liners. And I, so I do them real slow in a way I would never talk. And I absolutely destroyed <laughs> the greatest show of my life. And people were hanging on every word. And I would do it so slow. And then it would be a huge pause. And like, what is going on? And I'm like, boom, I hit him with a punchline. Like, ways I would never do. Co- I had a tough time following myself. So, <laughs> but I ended up winning this competition. But the, the guy who's running the thing knows. And the people didn't even realize it was me. And then, uh, and then, so I'm sitting at the back after the show. The lady came up. She's like, "Carlos Pippen should have won." That was who marking this thing. That was so good. And she, he looks at me like, "This is Carlos Pippen." Like, I, I don't know why I picked the name Carlos Pippen, by the way, either. So, but uh, get back in the Rushmore. I'm gonna go uh, Norm Macdonald, Dave Chappelle, and I'm gonna give it and it, uh, John Dore. And this is obviously all preference because if uh, we're gonna say the best, we're gonna go Carlin and Pryor. It'll probably be those three or four for sure and then uh there's a guy named mike berbiglia i'm a huge fan of mike berbiglia so my mount rushmore is uh norm norm john door Chappelle. Chappelle just because i don't watch a lot of stand-up but Chappelle just looks like he's not even trying that's how good he he's like connor mcdavid skating he he looks like he's not trying but he's just so good and that's that's pretty good that's a pretty good thing to have you had another one, Chris, in the email inbox? Or no? Because I had one more tweet. You go to the tweet, and I will pull it back up here. Okay, so, Kelly, this tweet uh, came in from Jack, and he said, if you could be cast in either one of these Canadian shows at the same time, but you can only pick one to be a part of as a regular cast member, 
Trailer Park Boys or Letterkenny? Where is Kelly Taylor going? Oh, man. As soon as you said Trailer Park Boys, I was like, I don't even care what you're saying next. I'm going Trailer <laughs> Park Boys. But uh, it's funny. So uh, Squirrely Dan is a friend of mine. He Great, oh, unbelievable comic. His name is K. Trevor Wilson. Unbelievable comedian. And uh, he says you wouldn't believe how many people tell him because like, he does stand-up. And some people don't know maybe he does stand-up. He goes, that say, why don't you get Kelly Taylor on that show? He's like, man, I don't, I don't book the show because it's just like that. That's my natural talking. Like I've finished shows where people come up when I was in the states all the time, and they'd come up and I'd be talking, and then they would stop and look like, you really talk like that? Like I thought you were putting on a show. So uh, I guess I'd be a fit for Letter Kenny because they, uh, that's what everyone says. But I, I was a big Trailer Park Boy show, man. That that is great and. So check out K. Trevor Wilson, one of the best comics there is. That's a Canadian killer, that guy. So we got a Definitely. question. So the, the the question was from Alex, and I, I, I'm getting the vibe that maybe Alex is a little bit on the younger side, maybe still in school, wondering, he, he, he said, to be a comedian, were you a class clown? So I'm ah. guessing what he's trying to get at is, were the roots of you being funny there even when you were young? Yeah. It was uh, my dad was a guy who would just take over a room. Like I remember being in like uh, 12 years old and we'd be in a hotel room and my dad would <laughs> dog coming in here and my dad would just take over. And I remember like a lady album. She's like, here he is. Here's Kenny. He, it was just funny like that. My, my brothers were like that. They were uh, my brothers were all about burning you. So if you said something, boom, you're getting burnt. Boom, you're getting burnt. So I was just grew up in like a rocky training house of humor of uh a dad being funny and brothers that were relentlessly funny and always on a burn. So yeah, it was there from an early roots and it's most comics I know are actually the other way. They're kind of introverts and uh, like that. I would say the majority of them kind of are, but I'm kind of a outgoing because they're all introverts and geniuses where I'm an idiot, but I'm an extrovert. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we like to finish up with a little rapid fire and uh, hit you with some quick uh, questions that don't require a whole lot of thought. Uh, you've probably been, like us, quarantined, self-isolated, at home with your wife, locked up. You know, feels like 25 to life, like I feel right now. But uh, what's your Netflix uh, binge right now? What show have you watched? Have you watched Tiger King? What are you, what are you watching? Finished Tiger King. Last Dance blew me away. Loved it. Couldn't get enough of it. I, I was a Jordan fan when I was a kid, and I his competitiveness, I I loved And I watched the, every episode with my 13-year-old boy and try to watch one episode, not two, because they released two on each Monday. So I loved, loved that. And then we were just fishing, and guys gave us uh, – there's the Epstein one guy said to watch and uh, another thing I got to watch. I'm a huge serial killer guy. <laughs> I, lo- I was into mine hunters, but that's done. And I'm a so anything with serial killers, I've watched every Friends of Friends of Files is my go to bed Netflix. You know where you need some <laughs> nice murder to go to yeah. sleep to. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm that. But right now I'm gonna uh, I gotta start something new because I crushed o- Ozark's done, Last Dance is done. So someone said I got a five part Epstein to watch, so I'm gonna do that. We typically ask uh, the hockey players their favorite and least favorite uh, hockey rinks to play in. How about comedy clubs? Wow. Yeah, uh, best love, and I think it's something to do with blue collar and just that type of – I love Winnipeg Rumors the best. The club is hot from Tuesday to Sunday, 
and Tuesday comedy clubs, or they don't do Sundays. We actually do when I'm there because I do a dirty show on Sundays. Uh, most comedy clubs, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, are brutal, and nobody wants to do them. The, the headliner will usually have to do 15 minutes because they'll bring in a bunch of amateurs because the place is bare. Tuesday, it's packed. They just do it right. I think it's two for one Tuesday, and Winnipeg loves the deal. You got a coupon? There you go. So they love a deal. Then Wednesday's like burger and a show for 10 bucks. So another deal. And the Tuesday and Wednesday crowds aren't like hammered. Like they're not that rambunctious Friday we're going to get up to. So it's just, it's just this perfect level crowd. And then when you get to the weekend, you're like, well, now it's just the weekend crowd and they're in a good mood. So I, and the guy who runs the club and rumors does it up perfect. Uh, so that is my number one comedy club. I love Winnipeg rumors. I love that. I've been there uh, obviously a number of times. I, I got to tell you this: the one that I last saw there, I saw Louis C.K. and it was just recently. And he walks yeah. in, and his opening line was, "Well, didn't think I'd be back in this room again." <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. It was fantastic. That's hilarious because they they always really, uh, the beginning of rumors will show like a media clip. And they show Louis C.K. on Conan. He's telling a story. He's like, I'm at a comedy club in Winnipeg called Rumors. So, yeah, he did it like the 80s. That's gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I guess uh, I got to end with this. Uh, have you gotten, like, you know how when you go to a hockey rink and, you you know, for a concert, usually the team will give, you know, say the lead singer. Like, for example, I was at Gord Bamford not that long ago, right before COVID. And, of course, the Weekings. Gave him a jersey with his name on the back. Have you gotten any cool memorabilia or jerseys given to you, you know, over the years? And maybe what's your most prized piece of memorabilia you got, you know, up in the in the home office? Oh boy, uh, yeah, like I've accumulated uh, jerseys and not by, like I would do this in my shop. My shop is a huge wall behind me, but I'm hardwired in because I live in an acreage right now because I didn't want to be cutting out. Uh, yeah, I've got a bunch of jerseys up there. I'm trying to think what would be the, geez, I don't know if I got a certain, uh, you know what, say I Prince got, Albert. <laughs> you know what, you know what I got? I have, uh, I did a hot stove with Grant Fear and Grant Fear was my hero growing up and he signed my original catcher that I had, my, like my original catching glove that I played novice hockey with. And I was like, you know, and I put that up on the wall. I was like, that's pretty cool. I was like my yeah, like my when I was that age, that was my glove. I was like, so I guess I would like that one for sure. This has been a uh, very, a very quick, rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> Long talking, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's just our questions too. I like it. Uh, you got um, and, and I, you any more, Chris? I, I, I did, and I just I keep forgetting them because I'm in like holiday mode, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm already yeah, thinking Chris, about Chris fishing Chris has checked now. out. He's, already, he's actually sitting in his kayak in his <laughs> living room right now. That hum you hear is his trolling motor on the carpet. Oh, Sla- oh, slash, slash the whole pitter-patter of, of feet running behind me. So Yeah, you know what? Luckily, it's funny because Kelly's got four four kids, right? And Chris, you've yep. got two. And I've just got a crazy chocolate lab. And none of them have made an appearance yet. So I, we're doing pretty I, good. My German Shepherd was just beside me for the last five minutes. I was doing this, rubbing his ass, then he ran off. <laughs> uh, well, Kelly, we'll let Chris get on the lake, uh, and we'll let you get unpacked, and I'm sure you want to spend some time with the family. But this was awesome. Uh, it was it was fun. It was light. And amidst everything that's going on in the world, uh, we know that hockey fans are going to be pumped to, to hear this when it comes out tomorrow. And I remember, hey. I remember my question now, because it had to do with Rapid Fire. It's the Week King podcast. We always ask this question. We, we have oh, to. Yeah. Kelly, 
when you think about the Wee Kings, who are a couple of quick names that come to mind, your all-time favorite Wee King players? Uh, that's Wade Redden. I watched him play, and I, I thought he was the smartest defenseman, one of the smartest junior hockey defensemen i ever seen play. I remember him getting a shot, a pass at the Cuniplex. The guy was rushed, nothing there. And he took like a shot off the corner board that went to like Marty Murray in front. Uh, loved him. Uh, seen Trevor Kidd have 72 saves in the Commutaplex. That was uh, pretty crazy. You know what? Weekings, like I'm obviously from Prince Edward, but I've, I've always been, uh, always loved Weekings. I've always had a uh, great team. They had a, that run where they had that McCabe, McCabe, Leclerc, Digman that year with that uh, crazy team. But And then I met Wade Redden later on, and he's actually nicer in person than you would, like he is on the ice. So, I'm going to give Wade Redden, Matty Calvert, and then I never knew this, but uh, Keith Ollie played with the Wheat Kings? He did. And I didn't know that. And I love – Keith Ollie's a South Sass guy, farm kid, just one of my favorite people, just a super nice guy because I saw him in the top 50. And then I met, I texted him after that and said, what the hell? I thought the Wheat Kings were better than this, that you're in their top 50. <laughs> but, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to go uh, Redden, uh, Matty Calvert. Like Matty Calvert's one of the nicest guys that you'd walk go across the street to get in a conversation with anyone who would. Just a great guy. Uh, yeah, those are my three: Ollie, Wade Redden, and Matty Calvert. Awesome, right on. Well, that this was awesome, Kelly. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Tick T I C Taylor uh, as well. Check out his podcast on Spotify. Tick with a side of death. Uh, you can't forget it. Uh, you, I think your most recent one is Natasha Stanishevsky from TSN, right? Or have you had one drop since? No, nope. uh, Tim Hicks, country music star. Oh, Tim Hicks, right. I saw that. Yep. It's on my and list. I haven't heard, heard it yet. But. He's uh, he's a little departure from the regular. Like He's he's beyond nice. Like Just the most positive, nice guy. So I'm going to release one tomorrow with as a follow-up. It was just a greasy, greasy hockey player. One of my best friends who we get, we go right back into the debauchery. So we keep it nice in <laughs> the Tasha, the Stanishevsky, and Tim Hicks, country music star. And then we go right back into the filth with Grease Chris Thompson. <laughs> well, Kelly, right you on. were. Well, thanks again for doing this, Kelly. Yep. You were here in. Thank tw- you guys so much for having me. You were here in 2015. You were here in 2019. Hopefully, we'll see you back here in 2022. So just a few more years away. Right on, guys. All the best. All the best to the podcast, too. Take care. Thanks a lot. So here's the awkward part where we say goodbye to Kelly. <laughs> hey, you know what? Just just as uh As long as he keeps his shirt on. Yeah. Is this this wait, I'm gonna see. We're gonna be his testing ground here before before yeah. we <laughs> okay. before I hit this. So does does this sound better if I did this? Or is it the same sound? It's a little less it? roomy, I would say. Maybe a little more direct. Okay, because the same one at the radio station gave me this thing to plug in and then you can plug a mic into it but i was plugging into the first hole because i didn't know if i'd be able to hear but then as we started i saw there's a hole that i could plug a headset into this is like when my parents called to get their amazon tv fire stick set (laughs) up and mom's trying to like facetime me the back of her tv and i'm trying to figure it out this is this is fantastic just for the next just for the next zoom meeting i do i want to know if this sounds so this this sounds less roomy yeah, I think you sound good. Yeah, I think oh, okay. I, I, I think it might sound a touch better. But again, I'm but like we're also <laughs> Wait, listening on like gonna... on like little earbuds, right? So there we go. I did an hour and screwed up your air, your quality. Now we got to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, quality in this podcast do not go hand in hand. So it's all good there, Kelly. Okay, I better go see these guys. I haven't seen them yet since this, the fish. Take, Take care. care boys. All right, all we'll, we'll see you later. Take care.
So another great pod. That was awesome. Kelly Taylor. I like that guy. I love that we, his you know, podcast we're just testing is ground. Yeah, and but like his his podcast for real. Like if people have not checked it out, I would go and check it out. He's and not just just to blow smoke up his ass because he's our guest, but like legitimately one of the funniest working comedians in Canada today. It's it's awesome, and he gets some good guests. Uh, his one with Natasha is fantastic. Uh, I haven't heard the Tim Hicks one yet, but. Uh, Certainly check it out. Tick with the side of Ted on Spotify and uh, follow him at Tick Taylor on Twitter. A uh, couple of housekeeping items. The Canadian Hockey League continues to hand out their year-end awards. Uh, tomorrow, uh, it's the Humanitarian of the Year Award. Uh, Riley Fiddler Schultz of Calgary is the uh, nominee from the Western League. Then Wednesday, the Scholastic Player of the Year. Uh, that is Dylan Garand of the Kamloops Blazers. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, Portland, Seth Jarvis is up for the Sportsman. Uh, play uh, Sportsman of the Year Award, uh, and then it carries on uh, into the weekend and into next week. Uh, I do want to send a shout-out to Western Hockey League official Carlin Krieger. Uh, Him and his sister and uh, their family own the White House Bakery and Restaurant up in Clear Lake. I'm not sure if you've been to the White House, uh, Falco, but they have the best cinnamon buns on the planet. Uh, And they are opening up on June 18th uh, for the 2020 season. So, uh, of course, Carlin is a is a you see him in every rink, kind of in the Eastern Conference. Uh, he's a young Western Hockey League official, and his summer gig is making some great cinnamon buns. So, best of luck to them. Uh, and uh, if you get a chance to be up in Clear Lake territory on June 18th, uh, stop in and check them out. And just a friendly reminder, if you want to uh, partake in the conversation, you can always email us, qweeklyharvest at gmail.com. That's the letter qweeklyharvest at gmail.com. Next week, next Monday. Uh, I'll be I'll I'll be a little more with Drum it roll. because I'll be back from holidays. So and talk about like coming back for me with a bang. We have talked about having Darren Ritchie come back on the podcast and talk stories since what, what, what episode was that? It was early. It was like in the like first handful. Yeah, in the yeah. first handful, we, we we had Rich on, and we were just talking about stories. And since then, we've had him on a number of times, but it's always been after something. It was after trade deadline, after this. We were always talking about hockey. Well, now we get to go back and talk stories, but not just with him, because he's not even still confirmed. <laughs> it's it's his partner that we're, uh, that we're also going to be uh, bringing on here, Marty Murray. So Marty Murray is going to be on the podcast next Monday night at 8 o'clock, and I am going to continue to twist uh, Rich's arm so we can get him back on, because I think having those two on together to tell those stories uh, of those teams, that, that I'm sure there's more than a few that they could help fill in there. Oh, I, I can't wait. Uh, Marty Murray is kind of the, the first memory, that kind of age group I have of uh, the Brandon Wheat Kings and watching games. So he is just embarking on a brand new uh, kind of job change into the USHL uh, after helping build the Minot North American League team into a, a perennial contender. Gets a promotion up to the USHL, which is where, you know, uh, for example, Ivan Provorov, uh, Yuri Patera, have come from the last couple of years, and it's kind of on par, I guess you could say, or uh, kind of a sibling type to the Western Hockey League, but more of the college route. So uh, Marty's uh, certainly uh, making his impact felt in the hockey world still to this day, and I uh, can't wait to get him on and Rich, and they can kind of relive their teenage years through the weekly harvest. So that's uh, certainly going to be a lot of fun next Monday. Uh, you can watch it live, or you can uh, download it. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts uh, on Tuesday usually drops about noon. That's when this one will hit the air tomorrow as well. Or online, as always, at qcountryfm.ca. Yep. Well, Crow, have yourself a great week. 
I will yep. uh, I will talk to you later this week. Hopefully, I will shoot you a text while I am uh, while I'm out fishing at some point if I decide to turn my phone on. But well, if you do, uh, I might I'm just gonna have off. to. I I did some fishing early on the season at Lake Irwin, by Nipois, just a tiny little uh, lake. Caught one fish, one pike. Uh, it was about seven pounds. First fish fish in a couple years, but uh, near the end, I got my jig caught in a tree. And it totally messed up my spool. So I've got to reload the whole thing. I'll hopefully have that ready in case you decide you want to invite me fishing this week. Already done. The invite is always there. So, every, <laughs> All right. I got to go to the shed every, and get my, get my rod ready. <laughs> every listening, appreciated. We'll talk to you again next week, 8 o'clock, right here on the Q Country YouTube page. Or again, if you're listening to the traditional podcast means, appreciate it. We'll talk to you again then. Take care. See you later. Cheers.